Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a full dive of all the news, discussion, and insights you need for virtual reality gaming. Our podcast is brought to you by Asterium Products, all kinds of different AR, VR accessories on Amazon. Make sure you check them out. I'm Jay Rat. I'm a VR YouTuber and a sometimes streamer. I'm Matt Rat, a VR enthusiast who cannot believe that PSVR 2 is almost here. Yeah. And I'm Lipnox VR, a Quest YouTuber that doesn't even need a facial interface. <laughs> That is, that is definitely something you can kind of brag about. And one of the, I feel like Quest was watching all of my things, and they're like, oh, Quest Pro? We're going to get rid of that facial interface. We know what Lipnox wants. The, the idea came from you. <laughs> our podcast, we're here to keep you up to date in the VR realm. We answer questions from our communities, and a lot of them these days. We talk about the latest and greatest VR news, and we talk about what games we've been up to. Uh, if you haven't seen the YouTube channel, if you're listening to us, come check us out, vice versa. We got all kinds of questions, but we have to revisit one, Matt. Yes. So we had talked a little bit about Jammy Rex's uh, question about black bean brownies. This was like a while ago now that we talked about it. And I said that I was going to have like this big follow up and then I totally forgot. (laughs) So I did mention that I did a um, black bean brownie recipe from chocolatecoveredkatie.com. So check that out. And so now I have more of the answer to the question, how do I make my black bean brownies not suck? So the couple things that are the key to making the black bean brownies good One, rinse the black beans really well. Two, when you're putting the batter together, you put all the ingredients in a food processor and like blend the crap out of it. And then make sure that you have chocolate chips in there. That really helps with the flavor. I saved my last brownie (laughs) to show you guys. So if you're just listening, this is a brownie. It's kind of flat. It doesn't, it, this recipe just has oatmeal in it. It doesn't have like normal flour. And so it it doesn't rise very much, but it's like kind of that fudgy brownie. I really like fudgy brownies. I'll show you like the inside. It doesn't look very good, but it tastes good. Looks almost like a cookie. Yeah, it's kind of flat. It's also probably because I I put it in an eight by eight pan, which it said to use, but the the batter like was really small in the pan. So that could be part of it. But anyway, it's super good. So rinse the black beans, blend the crap out of it the batter and then make sure there's chocolate chips there you go how you make your black bean brownies not suck that was a question we had to go to great lengths to answer very important on this podcast Mm -hmm. it's it's funny i've actually talked about that question with my girlfriend several times because she watched the episode (laughs) that that first part was on and we always whenever we mention black bean it's like oh we're gonna gotta figure out the perfect brownie recipe nice and I actually like these a lot i love brownies these are nice because they taste really good and also they don't have like a ton of sugar in them. And so you don't feel like all after eating them. So that's nice. Well, with all that talk about brownies, we got more questions. Assassin32 says, how do you think Apple's MR headset will fit into the current Apple ecosystem? How could the headset and other products benefit each other? So I think Apple has always done a good job with their compatibility between their products. And we were actually talking to someone on the podcast recently who was saying how they think in the future, phones are going to seem completely archaic. Like to have this big chunky block in your pocket that you pull out. They said probably with AR glasses and maybe the combination of a good watch, then that would be everything you need. So I don't think we're at that point yet, but I think Apple will be trying to think in a way with their headsets, like how can this replace the phone or at least most of the function? If your notifications pop up in in your glasses, if your GPS shows you where you're going on your glasses. I mean, I think every time they can keep you from having to pull your phone out, that's a victory. Mm -hmm. And I think if they want people to actually adopt this, that's what they've got to try to do. It's got to work seamlessly either with the watch, maybe still with the phone for now, but eventually it's got to replace something in your life because we're not really looking for more tech on our heads at this point, unless it replaces Mm -hmm. something we already do. So that's what I think. What do you think, Lip? Uh, so I always see Apple kind of like with the with their like branding thing, you sort of start at a base point. And if that base point does well, they keep going another step higher. And I look at it like when I was in high school and I had the iPod video and that was that was already several steps above when they first released the first iPod. And you had this five gigabyte music device and everyone's like, this is the greatest thing ever. Six hundred dollars <laughs> later or whatever it cost. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious now because now on our phones, we have, you know, 10 times that and it's still not enough. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but basically, the I think what's going to happen with that whole thing is they're going to have that first launch headset thing that's going to be like this is this is the beginning point. It's going to be expensive. 
It's going to be for the hardcores. But I think, like you said, we're going to get to a point where you're going to slap just glasses on your head and that's going to have all your interface thing. You're going to feel like you're like Iron Man or something like that, where you have all the things all around you. You could have your GPS, you could have your text messages, all these things. And there's already uh, like headsets that I've seen that are not like they're not VR so much. They're just for experiencing things on your phone or uh, or other consoles or cloud gaming in this headset thing. But you can fully transparent and be looking around your actual area with this headset and i think that's the reality with mixed reality that's going to get everyone sold is the fact that you can always be looking at it you can always be enjoying it while still being in your world around you and mm-hmm. i think that's the biggest barrier for vr is the fact that mm-hmm. if i go into a vr app i'm disconnecting from my family i'm disconnecting from everyone around me and i'm just doing this one thing but you know you start throwing mixed reality in there and things like simple card game things poker stars even things like Demio suddenly become just so much easier to do with everyone around you still. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, I, I kind of think like how you mentioned the iPod was a thing and then they just like had that in the phone and we thought like back then like, oh, like how could you go without your iPod? And now it's just incorporated into the phone. I kind of wonder if that's going to be where the Apple headset eventually goes is first it's like talking to your phone and like connected to your phone. And then maybe like in the future, it's going to be replacing phones. We're not going to need those anymore. We'll have all the functionality just in the headset um, and something that's like comfortable that people will wear all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I always think of that Black Mirror episode where they had like the contact lenses and they had like all the social media and everything, Um, but they still had like their physical phones. So maybe that'll be something that's connected, but I feel like definitely the future will be who knows, but I could see Apple making it a thing on its own eventually. Probably a little farther in the future, not like super soon, but. (laughs) Well, speaking of the near future, Polite mm-hmm. had a question for us. Mm-hmm. Dang it, I'm still eating the brownie. <laughs> <laughs> but so Polite asks, where do you see yourself and the podcast in a couple of years? We we keep a pretty a decently consistent schedule with the podcast. I've always seen it as like a fun side hobby to like all of our channels and everything going on. So I, I see it as something we're going to continue doing and continue using the format that we have, but it's not something that I'm like trying to make the biggest VR podcast or the biggest podcast by any means. Like we really have fun mm-hmm. doing it. And I kind of like the community feel we have with the members that we have that ask questions mm-hmm. and stuff. So I think it's something that we'll always put, you know, a decent amount of effort into keeping as a nice, good quality podcast for you. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I'm going to like start uploading daily to the podcast channel, you know, clips from the podcast or podcast specific reviews, stuff like that. I don't think like if the podcast was the only thing we did and we really wanted to take it to another level, that would be a way to do it. You know, make shorts out of your episodes, like little snippets here and there, fun stuff like all that. But the channel keeps me so busy. I think the podcast will kind of keep at this pace where it's growing and people really like it, but it doesn't have to be anything super big. Mm hmm. Yeah, I always just see it as like, here's this perfect side thing to doing the YouTube channel where it's like, I get to just hit, sit here, chat with you guys about all the VR things. And honestly, in a lot of ways, it, you know, it, it boosts me to keep on top of some of the news that I maybe wouldn't be following mm-hmm. as much. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys always have interesting things to recommend too, which gets extra discussions and interesting things like that. And I mean, I've, I've always thought about like, oh, just having you know, more like conversational, just chatting with the audience types of things on my channel. And, you know, maybe the more I'm in the podcast, the more I'm influenced by just sort of turning the camera on and just talking to the camera. But uh, I really think that the way that this whole thing is set up makes it just really easy to create content that is fun to watch. And I mean, if people are out on the go, driving to work, you know, jogging, whatever, it's, it's 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 a perfect podcast to just chat about VR and like this fun place. And, and I feel like that's, you know, the place I'd want to keep the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I like how we've been going. I feel like maybe slightly more consistent, like, because we're, we do like four to six episodes a month. And I feel like it'd be nice if we could have them like once a week. But that's kind of difficult to do because of all the editing and everything mm-hmm. that Jay does, not me. <laughs> So, but yeah, I really like how it's going. It's nice to, I feel like it's going to be pretty similar in a couple years, which sounds good to me. 
Well, Polite had another question, didn't they, Lip? So they said, also, do you think Meta will continue to be the leader in VR for years to come? And uh, I mean, they have honestly lost a lot of money with their huge dive into VR. And it would be it would be really hard for them to to falter in their situation. I think the really strong competition has already shown itself and there's only going to be more and more as the tech expands. The Pico pretty much showed us that, oh, well, Meta, you spent all this money on all this research thing and it's doing nothing for you, doing absolutely nothing for you. Anyone else can make a slightly cheaper, better headset and you guys in trouble to Quest Pro. Literally, HTC had them run into a corner and drop the price on that. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a re- really, really tough time. And I think, I mean, I look at the video game industry and the, the original Nintendo and the Super Nintendo, Nintendo was just top of the world. Then N64 and GameCube, they were like dropped hugely down. Then with the Wii, top of the world. Wii U, down. Switch, back to the top of the world. So that these things are up and down with the video game industry. I think that if their product is data collection and they're going to be continuously willing to take a huge price, you know, like hit on on headsets, people are always going to buy the cheapest headset and and you're building a great ecosystem of games. And, you know, that's a big thing with PlayStation VR, too, is unless they make the game forward compatible, you can't play those games. Quest, I can play all the games, but, you know, unless they get new new next gen updates, I'm probably not going to want to play a lot of these games in five years. So it's it, it's a really hard call to make. But I'd be very surprised if after the amount of money they've spent already, they aren't one of the biggest names in VR. Maybe not still the top one. I think Apple has a lot of power and a lot of chance mm. to, to do something. And uh, and I think it might also just become something where maybe they, you know, they still do the VR thing. But, you know, I, the, the mixed reality stuff, the AR stuff just seems like it's going to take off like crazy. And I definitely see Facebook putting some focus into that. Because they just love the work stuff. And to me, nothing is better than being in your own actual space and a virtual avatar is there and you can, you know, draw on the board that's actually in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. I think especially paralleling it to the video game industry, the first ones that really got things going, like the big names in the original days were like Atari, Coleco Mm -hmm. and Panasonic. And you don't even hear of them anymore. So I'd be surprised. Television. If Meta, <laughs> yeah, I'd be surprised if you if Meta continues to be at top. But I think when you say years to come, like the immediate years, yeah, they've got enough user base with the Quest Two, the Quest Three coming. They'll probably at least be the leader in the USA for sure. Especially as Pico still isn't here yet. I don't know why, but it's hard to imagine if this follows the same kind of path as every other big growth of any tech has been the first leaders, the first innovators typically don't survive the cut as things go on. So I wouldn't be surprised if in 10 years, Meta is either doing something different or we don't talk about them much anymore because you know what, what is it people even care about from them anymore? Facebook is a dying, dying social media and that's just social media cycles. So Mm -hmm. I don't know, unless they figure out a way to really innovate and stay ahead of it. I could see them kind of falling off in the coming years. They need their Mario. They need a mascot that we <laughs> right. think of when we think of them, because without it, they are literally Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> they need to make a game where Zuckerberg's the good guy and just try oh to really change his image. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. I, I feel like Zuckerberg is not the logo you want for your for your video VR platform. <laughs> No, not so much. So Jamie was asking about the OO shirt I tried at CES. For those of you out there who didn't catch that episode or don't know what that is. Basically, this company is making what they're calling haptic shirts. It's basically a TENS unit, if you know what that is from the medical field. It's basically a bunch of electrodes that you put on your body to help rebuild muscles that have atrophied and stuff. Well, it's that. So it's using electrical shocks to then simulate haptics. Jamie asked, how good was it at differentiating between different types of sensations? Because they put you through this simulator that shows you like what a stab wound is supposed to feel like versus what a gunshot feels like versus what just some nice wind feels like. They said that seems really cool if it gains support. I know you did a whole video on it, but I'd love to hear more about it especially since I said in the video, I was considering getting one. So they put you through the simulator that shows you all the different things. And I'll be honest, I only did it goes fast, but from one to the next, the sensations aren't really different. You're basically getting shocked in different ways. So like the reason the stab was different was with the stab, you'd feel a hard shock 
in the zone you got stabbed and then it would you'd kind of feel like a a light tingling after that and that was supposed to be like the feeling of blood rolling down your body it felt like a hard shock and then a bunch of light shock the gunshot you feel the hard shock in the front and then you know a half a second later you know milliseconds later you'd feel one on your back where the bullet was supposed to have exited so that was like the exit wound you were feeling or the wind was just a lot of little light shocks through all the sensors but there's only like eight sensors total in the shirt i think or eight zones so the wind didn't really feel like wind because it just kind of felt like these little shocks that kind of hit you in different spots in your body. There wasn't enough electrodes for that. So I think overall the haptic shirt's really cool just for like shooters and games where you're going to, you want to feel getting hurt and you want to feel it directionally, but it definitely is not like, you're not going to go think you're trolloping through some nice meadow and having wind blowing on you <laughs> in this shirt. It's not really simulating that. I think pain is really the only thing it's going to be good and used for and that's useful in like an esports setting i would love to know when i get shot exactly what direction it came from because then i would know which way to turn and and fire back so i think it has a use but yeah it's not you're not going to wear one of these to have some pleasurable sensations when it just is always electrically shocking you lightly or hard so my, my one question with this now that I'm starting to put the pieces together, I'm like, well, is this even like how how safe is this for long periods of time? <laughs> just be continuously shocking yourself. <laughs> like I imagine if you got like a pacemaker or something like that, you can't use this thing. Yeah, no, you cannot use this. Probably even having a heart condition, you probably shouldn't use it. But people use these in medical therapy all the time. It's it's the electrical sensations are causing your muscles to tense up. And the idea is that that action of your muscles tensing is exercising them, you know, same as doing a bunch of crunches or something. So originally when these things were coming out, they were marketing them as like, get a six pack by sitting on the couch and having these electrical things on you, which it's I, not going to do that. <laughs> I actually have like a neck massager thing that is exactly that. It just has the two metal pieces and it just shocks my mm -hmm. neck. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is safe, but it feels good. <laughs> yeah it's just electrical sensation so i mean realistically it shouldn't with prolonged exposure it shouldn't be hurting you or doing any physical long-term damage but if you turn the shirt up it can hurt you a lot in the moment like it's a hard zap when you get hit yeah i don't think that sounds nice <laughs> <laughs> some of us don't want nice we want real we want realism in the vr when we get slapped we want to feel like getting slapped in real life <laughs> Now we're going to get the multiplayer acupuncture game and you can just go to your friend and just shock them. <laughs> There'd be a whole new sensation to the like the Russian roulette games that people play oh, in VR. No. If when you actually get shot, you can get the zap, you know, it, it makes roulette, it a lot I think it's more. called. That one's yeah. pretty good, actually. I like that game. <laughs> it is. Yo, uh, Stego Man had a question now. Yes. So this is a, a little bit of a lengthy question here. So Stego Man recently got Vermilion, which is an oil painting app for Quest 2, and was surprised how amazing it was to sit and paint in VR. So Stego Man is asking, what is your favorite non-gaming app that you have discovered besides Luna or exercise apps? <laughs> <laughs> and then also, if you haven't tried Vermilion, can we get a review on it? So I think that's something we can definitely do. It sounds really fun. Do you guys want to answer your favorite non-gaming app besides Luna or exercise apps? I will say before we get into that part with Vermilion on Facebook, I've seen so many people post their artwork they've made in this application. And it is unbelievable how complex they can make these things. I'm like, I, I feel like I'm looking at actual real artwork that should be sold in like a museum. And they've made it in this app. And that to me just that that blows my mind. But uh, uh, I think I think in regards to like the, you know, apps that are, you know, not gaming related, it's, you know, there's lots of productivity apps. He does. He, he mentions, you know, besides things like Luna or exercise apps. But, uh, I, you know, there's lots of things that are just productivity or other things that are like painting types of things and lots of exercise types of things. So I went with the next category, the watching things apps. And there's one called Pluto TV. And it is one of those like free streaming things that has all sorts of movies and TV shows. And they just play ads sometimes. But the VR app, you could get a decent amount of people in the same room. It had a huge amount of content that you could watch in, in, you know, in VR in this hangout place and hang out with your friends. And because big screen, you know, is, is, is great when other people are like sharing movies and you can go watch the movies they're sharing. 
there's not a huge amount of content you can just directly watch on big screen. So with Pluto, you know, it's something something to do that's not VR and I or sorry, not a gaming related thing. And I thought it's a pretty cool app. Mm. I'll have to try that one out because I was going to say big screen, but that sounds like <laughs> maybe it's a little more user friendly. So well, big, big screen is amazing if you have someone that's going to host the movie for you. If you got the computer, you can watch them in 3D. Just it's awesome. Get 12 people in there. I, I was trying to remember which app Vermillion was because there's a lot of these like sculptor VR ones where you like create something in the air in front of you in 3D space. And Vermillion is like a traditional oil painting on a canvas yeah. app. Mm-hmm. And I, when I Googled it to see which one it was, there's a video of Gamertag VR doing like a Bob Ross impression. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got like the wig on and the shirt. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I remember up. seeing that one. That was a good That's one. That's great. <laughs> I've actually oh. seen a lot of people draw Bob Ross in that Vermilion app and post it on Facebook <laughs> too. That's like the perfect nice. Casey's. Yeah, I like that. I I find that like any sort of VR movies I can find, I'm just a junkie for them. I'll try them all and see what I can see because they could be the most like powerful experiences when you mm-hmm. find a good one. And so like if you're out there and you haven't checked out Invasion is one by Baobab and it's not. It's not yeah. super emotional, but it's just really cute and like a yeah. good example of how well a VR done a VR movie can be done and it's free to watch. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend checking out some of those because VR for gaming is great and that's why it's like its main case use, but there's so many other things it can do that we just don't we don't see or we don't have the time to look for, but it's it's really fun. Oh um, yeah, and also <clears throat> music videos. There mm-hmm. and some of them aren't even available anymore but there were a couple mm-hmm. for psvr that were so awesome there was one what was the one that was has like jellyfish and stuff uh, that one you can actually still find kygo. that one a few places that was kygo carry yeah. me which is still available on steam vr i think oh, and is available on playstation out. for like three dollars did you it's ever try so that lip? good no i haven't even heard of it oh my gosh is your it's psvr so still hooked up uh nope <laughs> <laughs> dang it I, I could. It's not hard to hook it up. It's just kind of. I believe it's still on Steam. Yeah. And check it out. Yeah. But it's something about the PSVR with the audio and stuff too. I felt like it was a really good experience on there. Yeah. But Steam could be good. Just get some good headphones on when you do it. Definitely. Yeah. So definitely VR music videos. Mm-hmm. That's probably actually my favorite thing other than gaming. There's just not that much out there for some reason. I felt mm-hmm. like we had like a few really cool VR music videos in like kind of the beginning days and not really anything since then. And I don't know why it's such a good environment for a music video and there's like stuff all around you. And it's so cool. So I hope we get more of that. Mm-hmm. I-, I will say too, with that music video thing, uh, the kids, I do a VR night with the kids, you know, every, t- every Tuesday. And uh, and a couple of weeks ago, I was struggling for what I was going to pick for them. And they have this frozen app on the Oculus store that's like three bucks or whatever. And since I got one of those referral credits, I was like, ah, whatever, I'll just spend it on that. Mm-hmm. And and this video thing is like 10 minutes long, but the kids seem to super love it. So, you know, may- maybe that's a thing where they can release, you know, somewhat expensive, but, you know, just awesome, rewatchable VR music video types of things from Disney. Mm, yeah yeah i hope we get more of those i feel like some of the like cooler like music artists nowadays maybe should do that, that well would they, cool. they do those concerts in vr i don't know what the artist is but i i've seen one advertised a ton recently that some some r&b girl megan the stallion yeah i think that's what it is we need to we need to check that out nat because you like mm. music videos but well, i saw one review say like this is as close to adult content as you'll find on the oculus store so oh. i think it's i think it's pretty intense so oh my <laughs> beware if you try to watch that one moving on uh what did there's another question lip what have we got block yeah. asking us so so this is sort of a continuation from before when they asked who my favorite people were <laughs> Uh, and I mentioned play PSVR and Shave Dog be my favorites. Well, Block is asking who do I or who do we straight up despise? And uh, and since his name is Block, you know, I would I would say that if there is someone that we despise who's causing trouble, we block him right there and give him the ban hammer. But uh, <laughs> I haven't found anyone like that so far. I would I would say that you know expanding expanding outwards, you know the the VR community is just. People just seem to be nicer people with the VR community. If, if you know, if we were dealing with 
you know, a Call of Duty podcast, I guarantee we'd be having trouble. Oh, oh, yeah. But with VR, it seems like most people are just pretty positive, pretty just into tech and pretty, you know, rational minded. You know, no one's really rude to anyone. And, you know, I hope that continues. So hope we don't have to block anyone. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. VR is a good community. Good spot to be so far. I agree. We got a lot more questions in the Q&A section from all of our great people, but we got to move on for time's sake. So we're going to jump into the news. First, of course, we got to remind you, if you haven't gotten a VR headset yet and you haven't gotten a stand for your VR headset yet, especially when it's time to make the move, you need to look at Asterion as one. Well. They just came out with their new Asterion Aura V2 headset stand that now holds your controllers. It glows beautifully. And if you get one and you hit me up, you don't have one yet, maybe I can send you a JBrat sticker to put on it, one of these cool Ooh. holographic ones, and make it really custom like mine looks here because it's really cool. But in news, we got, of course, Meta. It's always freaking top of the news with them. <laughs> but we talked about recently, they laid off tons of people, and it started getting a few people worried about the certainty of them saying the Quest 3 was still coming this year. Meta has confirmed, yes, the Quest 3 is still coming in 2023, even though they've laid off 11,000 people now. And we've gotten Jeez. to hear a few more details about it. They've said that it is going to have the same meta reality, a.k.a. the color pass-through that the Pro has. It's been said before, they said it was going to be three or four or $500. So we're looking at probably a couple different models landing somewhere in that price range. And Boz, the CTO, Andrew Bosworth, he said that it's likely not going to have any sort of face tracking. He said that face tracking probably isn't coming for a couple years to consumer headsets, mostly because of the extremely high cost it adds to the headset. They have to have a bunch of sensors looking at your face and seeing when your eyebrows move and stuff. So they didn't say eye tracking. They just said okay, face that's tracking. what I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was worried about. So what do you think, Lip? Is the Quest 3 your next headset? Yeah, it's uh, it has to be because. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty much I'm, st I'm at this ecosystem now where it's like, mm -hmm. as long as you're not charging me like $1,500 like the Quest Pro, then then I'm on board to take the ride wherever, wherever we're going uh, until, you know, until I feel legitimately disappointed with Meta. It's just that's that's where my games are. That's where everything is. And as much as they're not perfect, it's it's, it's as as good as it gets for me right now. And I'm not really one to mess around. I don't want to. You know, I like the freedom that the Quest offers me with side quests and with mods and connecting to the PC and everything. So it's as much as I'm like super like the the PSVR 2 looks amazing. It, it really is that that Quest ecosystem that has me the most invested in VR right now. But I will say they better have that that eye tracking thing or maybe I'll be maybe I'll be thinking differently when this headset comes out, because I feel like that's that's on the PSVR 2. If they can release their headset at the price point they've got it, you know, I hope that that Meta can find a way to. I know they got the color AR, but I, I honestly, I'd rather the eye tracking than color AR for me. So maybe I'm maybe I'm alone in that, but I, I really want that eye tracking. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, the, the the laying off thing, it just seems like these were all people that weren't even doing things with video games; they were just doing like data analysts and marketing things. So I, I don't think the layoffs are that big big a deal in terms of a quest three product uh i do hope that with the quest pro they've learned their lesson that you can't just charge whatever you want and expect people to pay <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah for sure i feel like i need to learn more about the quest three maybe they'll give us more more details on it soon but i just i think it's so funny that the pro I feel like so many people, we've been hearing them say like, oh, well, that's only for businesses. I'm pretty sure that was only because of the price point, because I feel like everything else about the pro, like, I feel like it doesn't seem like it's super, like it would work so well for businesses. Mm -hmm. I don't know what businesses are even purchasing it. I'm hoping that the Quest 3 won't be terribly, terribly behind where the Quest Pro is like I hope it's just maybe a cheaper version of the Quest Pro that maybe doesn't have all the bells and whistles but is a little bit closer to that next gen tech yeah it should they're saying it's going to have a new processor because the Quest 2 has an XR2 the Quest Pro has an XR2 plus which is basically just like a better cooled and faster XR2 but I believe the Quest 3 is supposed to have their new like XR3 or something. That might not be the exact name of it, but it's supposed to be their new better processor. So it should enable it to play even better games than the Quest Pro, which makes it more of a gaming mm. headset like they've said. Nice. So, yeah, not, not a big news story there, but some good stuff to hear. I feel like VR does this funny thing where, like, 
sometimes we're a little behind on trends because it takes so long to develop them for VR, like how Among Us VR came out yeah. so far after Among Us, you know, and Among Us was so hot. But mm -hmm. maybe we're going to get a little breath of life going into Squid Game, right, Nat? Yes. So this was a really exciting news piece. Sandbox VR, um, which is a VR arcade that has full body tracking. They're teaming up with Netflix to create a full body Squid Game VR experience. And this is supposed to be coming out in late 2023. In this game, players will compete in iconic Squid Game challenges inspired by the Netflix series and compete against each other to be the last one standing. So Jay and I have tried out games in Sandbox VR before, and it's really fun. I'm really excited to see Squid Game at Sandbox because, as I already mentioned, they have full body tracking, which really adds to the experience and makes it more immersive. Like instead of even in like a zero latency arcade setting, you can like move around, but it's not necessarily like your body. Like it could be a little taller, shorter than you. It doesn't quite track so with this one it's like you're it's tracking your actual body so when you even like touch the shoulder or something of one of your teammates it's like their actual shoulder and so that really adds to the immersion of it they have um i think what they call them is wands um but they're basically like the controllers that um they're just things that you hold that could be various items in a game so i don't know really what they would be in squid game but maybe dice i don't know something mm -hmm. and they also have fans in the sandbox vr locations which doesn't sound very exciting but it's not just for cooling it's for like effects like if there's wind i could see that being a thing like if you're doing one of those challenges where you're like jumping on the glass and you're gonna fall or something maybe the wind will like hit you it really adds to the immersion so it sounds like it's going to be a really great experience at sandbox VR. You can have up to six players, although we've seen it does get a little bit crowded with that many mm -hmm. people. I think two or three is probably a better experience. And then it's one hour experiences typically too. So I am really excited for this. There's sandbox VR locations. I think 30 locations throughout the world. A lot of them are in California. <laughs> But there's a couple in Canada, I think, and a couple in other countries, mostly in the U.S. because, you know, the U.S. is big. So um, anyway, so Lipnox, what do you think about this? Are you going to check this out when it comes out? So I, I might be the only person on the planet that's never actually watched Squid Games. Oh, uh, but uh, oh my I, God. I do remember someone <laughs> else made like a VR app way back when Squid Games was new and it was just like a quick side quest kind of thing. But uh, I mean. I, I think the reality is, is being able to wear a headset and then actually walk around with your real body and actually touch people and touch walls that actually exist and objects that actually physically exist is amazing. So in terms of sandbox, that sounds amazing. Uh, the squid game part specifically is not, you know, doing anything for or against, you know, trying this. But I will say that they definitely it, it's impressive they were able to secure such a well-known brand to be able to do that and you know I, I i think that this is the kind of thing that really gets people that don't never played vr to put on a headset and try it out and if you know if this is if this is the thing that says to someone you need to go and buy you know a psvr 2 or quest 3 or something like that so you can have you know take this kind of experience at home when uh, I would say my biggest thing is I would love I would I would love to see this. Maybe this is maybe you guys need to make this video. I'd love to see someone act like it's actually Squid Games, but <laughs> have the footage of playing the VR thing and turn it into a, a VR episode of the show and just add their own little personality to it, playing the actual VR Squid Game challenges and stuff. And I think that'd be just really cool. Or maybe there's a couple locations in Canada. I don't know how close they are to you. Maybe we could have like a full dive special when this comes out <laughs> where we can go check it out. I, I don't I have, I'll, have to, I'll have to look them up. I have, I have no idea. I've never even heard of this. Other, I know those that like Far Cry thing, but I don't even know if that's the same company. <laughs> so no, that's that's zero latency. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sandbox isn't quite as well known as zero latency, but it's interesting because they have the full body tracking, the haptic vests. And so I'm thinking about like 
red light, green light. I guess Lepnox, since you haven't seen Squid Game, but you've probably seen the memes and stuff. The one of the first very opening things in it is a game of red light, green light. So when someone says something, you have to move forward towards a goal, and then at red light, you have to stop instantly, not move your whole body, or your thing goes off and blows up on you. So I'm thinking about like how full body tracking could play into that. You're trying to walk across this room in this amount of time, and then you stop. And if you don't stop, then your haptic vest shoots you or something. So it is kind of a perfect fit to think of Squid Game going to Sandbox. But yeah, after the podcast, I would say look up a couple of trailers. There's actually videos even from when we went to Texas, the full dive podcast. You can see us going to Sandbox and going to zero latency. And you can kind of get a view of what they all are differently because they are really fun. They're really cool. And it's just such a different experience to use real free roaming in VR. But I'd rather this went to zero latency because zero latency has bigger spaces. Sandbox, I mean, if you're going to do red light, green light, it's literally going to be like walking across a 40 foot room, maybe. Yeah. Like that's as that far as they can really make it unless they have you walk and then turn around and walk again. I don't know. So the circles. Yeah. Yeah. I just keep going back and forth. <laughs> it's exciting though. But, late 2023. Yeah. I, Zero latency is really cool because it has that space. Sandbox VR is really cool because of the full body tracking. But like you said, it might not really be necessary for some of like, like the red light, green light, but other ones, I think it would be really cool. Like for, I don't know, I guess not a, not a lot of them really require that full body tracking, but with the fans and stuff, like I'm just imagining the one where you're like jumping on the glass and like falling through and so, like, the wind maybe is going to add to your stress in that moment or something. I don't know. Yeah. If if those sandbox VR locations are anywhere near you, Lipnox, we should definitely check it out when it comes out and have a full dive special. That would be really fun. Yeah, I want to I want to investigate anyway, because it sounds sounds just like just cool stuff to just sort of have a luxury, luxury event with. Mm-hmm. It's a good family experience. So you take every yeah, you can play sure. multiplayer up to six people. And like there's like a Star Trek one for people in the Star Trek. There's a horror one was the one we tried. So did the you horror say ones, Star Trek? Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek. <laughs> I don't know, you know, the, the racing in space thing, Star Trek. When <laughs> <laughs> pod oh. racing and <laughs> Uh, we got we got to oh, talk about PSVR too. Are you ignoring the videos or are you watching all the unboxing videos and stuff that are coming out? Uh, I haven't really watched the unboxing videos yet. I did see. I think uh, you know. I think Gamertag VR sort of uh, started the trend on that and broke the seal. And then it's just kind of everyone's posting their videos and everything. Uh, I would I would say that it, it's it. I'm having a really hard time not you know wishing that I was ten days away from my own PlayStation VR too. Because, uh, you know, it, it has me excited. There is a good lineup of games from day one. And I mean, I haven't played Resident Evil 8 yet. So I feel like that's that's a big thing. If you haven't played Resident Evil 8 and you're getting this VR headset, you're probably like losing your mind. And I feel like the amount of anticipation and hype for that title has just got to be through the roof. But I know that the, the Horizon game, that's brand new. Mm-hmm. Nobody's played that before. This is and that, and that that's the thing I think that you know is going to become a trend with PlayStation VR too. Is I look at this list of all the titles that are coming, and uh, I've played most of these games already mm-hmm. through the you know through the Quest or through the PlayStation VR itself. And you know to what degree are these going to be scaled up? Because like I'll be honest, I'm looking at some of these, and uh, like NFL Pro Era, you know that that's a great looking Quest Two game. But if that's what it looks like on the PSVR 2, it's not that's not PSVR 2, you know, level for me. And uh, and I mean, with some of the games here, it says Res is coming to PSVR 2, mm-hmm. you know, Tetris effect. It's sort <laughs> of, you know, these these are games that don't really need. I don't understand how PlayStation VR 2 helps these games at all to be, you know, improved anything. So, it, you know, I, I, I go through this list and I'm looking at all the things and I'm like, well, if I were to be getting a PlayStation VR to what would be the one game? Like, okay. You know, obviously Resident Evil eight and horizon, but other than those two exclusive sort of new VR experiences, what's the one game that I want or need to have the most for this platform. And honestly, I would say like the Zenith game, the MMO that I played, I, I played it on PC and on quest and tried it out there, but like it, you know, it is such a fun game and it's a kind of game that is perfect for PlayStation VR because they don't have VR chat. They don't have this sort of hang out with your friends kind of place. 
and and Xenus is just a great great game. It's you know it's not Sword Art Online, the anime show that was you know you're in VR, but it is definitely the closest thing to that right now. And I think that if I got a new headset and I wanted to spend you know twelve hours a day playing a VR game, Xenus has got to be the one. And I'm I'm sure that the PlayStation VR port of that one has you know had all sort of lacking elements and you know i i can't wait to see how that looks on a playstation vr2 because it already looks great on a pc and i think that's that's a perfect title for that and i mean you know in that in that same vein you know no man's sky is very much in the similar situation where it's insane how they pushed the psvr1 to even be able to play that game and i think the psvr2 has the specs required to really perfect that that situation yeah the the PSVR 2 has got a great launch lineup of games if you've never owned a VR headset. Right. Like, there's a <laughs> lot of games you're going to spend a lot of time playing. But if you're coming from a Quest 2 PC VR, like you might have played almost all these games. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like Resident Evil 8, Horizon, Gran Turismo. I'm all excited. I was really excited about Switchback, but it's been delayed. It's no longer a launch title. And then maybe Kayak VR. I don't know. I've just heard good things about like how it looks and people are excited about that. But beyond that, I've pretty much checked out or played most of the games on this list. So I'm a little concerned. I'm going to get my PSVR 2 and I'm going to get through those cool new games. And then I'm just going to kind of be like, okay, I'm sure more games are coming. But like if too many of them reports of games I played, I'm not I'm not going to pay full price on all those games again. It's just too much money. So, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm not as excited as I would be if this was my first headset ever and all these yeah. games like it looks good. Yeah, I was really disappointed that there's not an Astro Bot 2. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, come on. That was the best game on PSVR 1. And I feel like Astro is the perfect like mascot for PSVR. Why would they not bring that to PSVR 2? I just don't understand so I really hope that'll be coming out. Who knows? Maybe they've been working on it and just want to make sure it's perfected before they announce it. But I really hope that comes. I'm just realizing I never finished the first Astrobot game. So I'm like, I got to get on that and finish it before PSVR 2 comes in. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just end the podcast right now. You got to do that. Right. <laughs> that was so good. That's so good. I'm jealous that you get to still have new content to play in that game yes I, I, oh my you, you can't you can't skip out you have to get every single one of those little astrobot guys and completely <laughs> fill out get all the collectibles in that room because that's that's how you do it for astrobot i just need <laughs> to spend the next 10 days just fully in psvr playing astrobot gotta get PSVR through yeah <laughs> before the new ones here because yeah once I we unhook really... it then it's it's not gonna i work know anymore. yeah i am really excited for Oh, I keep wanting to call it Blood and Truth. That's not what it is. The Switch one back. that's like a like a roller coaster. That's Switchback, yeah, switch which back. has now been delayed. Oh, dang. Yeah. Okay, not a launch title. Well, I'm really excited for when that comes out because I I like VR roller coasters because they don't make me feel sick, but I can still enjoy like the roller coaster experience. Plus, it's scary, which is fun. So yeah, I'm excited for that too. Dang, I didn't connect the, that, that, was that was called Switchback. I thought it was called like Blood and something or something. <laughs> what was the original one called? The original one was called Russia Blood until oh, dawn. Russia, Russia Blood. Blood. Okay. And then there was also a game called Blood and Truth, which is a good PSVR one game if yeah. you've never tried it. And then now Switchback. Assassin was curious if you've never had the PSVR one because you know that everybody's talking about PSVR two now. If you never had a PSVR one, is there anything to go back and play on PSVR one that's worth getting you to find one used or something? By oh, I see. He's asking about the PSVR one. Yeah. Um, is there any game? That, and I think we already touched on Astrobot. Oh yeah. I would say sure. Farpoint with the aim controller. Like, oh, yeah. I feel like that is one of the games everyone it's in great. VR ever should have been able to play and get a chance to play. And I'm mm-hmm. very sad that it may not be something everyone's going to get the option to try. Uh, is there anything else on PSVR one you look back on this oh, exclusive? Resident Evil Seven. Resident, Resident Evil 7. 7. Mm. But 8 but eight is going to have the motion controls now. It's going to have all True. that. Like, Do you have to go back and play 7 if you're going to get to play 8? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's just a simple yeah. yes. I just can't. I can't. I, I mean, I don't I don't care if it's like 15 years from now. If you haven't played Resident Evil 7 in VR, you got to do it. Like, it's, <laughs> it, it, that is just it, it. They made that game look so good on the PlayStation VR. Mm. It just blows my mind. That is one yeah. of those games that I'm just. It, it it's it sucks so much they didn't get official vr support on anything else but you you need to play that you need to play it 
Yeah. Well, I want, if you get your hands on PSVR 2 at some point, I want a comparison video where you play mm. PSVR 2 RE8 for like a couple hours, and then you go try to play RE7 on PSVR 1 and see if it feels like it still holds up at all, because I'm mm. curious. That would be interesting. <laughs> We we're got we got to talk about games too while we're here. But lastly, we got to tell you one last time: AsterianProducts.com. Check them out. They got VR mats coming back in stock. They got the headset stands, the headphone stands, and code Full Dive. One word is going to save you ten percent off if you go there and check them out. We recently had the developers of a new game that just came out called Straylight on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Straylight is a you're in space, but it's kind of like a parkour web slinging simulator where you're flying across these levels in space. You kind of feel like you're Spider-Man and you're it's it starts off pretty simple. You're learning your way through it, but before you know it, it's getting really complicated and hard. The big draw to this game was that they said they found a way to not make anybody motion sick, even with all the movement in it. We tried it out and Nat, who does get sick in games sometimes, mm-hmm. she was playing it pretty intensely and she didn't get sick. The game is out now and so far it looks like it may not be the, the runaway success of high sales. I'm sure they were hoping for, but the reviews are all really positive on it so mm-hmm. far. 14 reviews on Steam with all positives. There's only one person that wrote a review that put a negative score. And it was because they said that, like, there weren't any updates that had come out for the game. They had early access. They were like, oh, no updates have come out since, like, March or something. It's like, what is this person even talking about? The game hadn't even been released yet. But they're all six of the reviews on Oculus so far are five stars. Lip, did you did you catch that episode? Did you see any of the gameplay of Stray Light? So uh, when you guys invited me to go on that episode, I remember looking it up and I was like, I think I think I'm OK for this. Uh, I, I, I upon looking deeper into it, it does look like it, you know, it could be really good. But I, I just I see the art style and it just it's not visually appealing to me at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I've, I've, I have so many of these sort of like app lab games that I play that they just. They nailed they nail a gameplay element that works really well, but they just visually aren't aren't doing it for me. And there was one called Void Ninja, which I had a super fun time playing the game, but all of the like ground area was just yellow. And then it was just sort of like stars and around you in space. And it's I it, it looks cool. I'm sure in the headset it looks really cool, but it, like I can I can see why this is not gonna it's just not gonna catch on because no one, people don't want to play V. VR games that look like they're just in a void of random colors and stuff. And it's, you know, I, I know they, they apparently they won like awards or something for their amazing control, new controls or whatever they got. But like if you did this exact application, but you were in a city, guarantee sales would be 100 times bigger. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing is they said they tried stuff like that with it and it would immediately make you sick. It was something about this open void that didn't have recognizable elements like being on in a town would that your brain never could like latch on to. Oh, my gosh, I shouldn't be moving like this and get you sick. That seemed to be the recipe for their success of not making you sick. And even in that interview, like, I, you know, I saw where the game would feel really cool to people who hadn't played a lot to the top or Winlands, maybe. And so I was kind of like, you know, I, I really enjoyed having them on. But I was thinking the whole time I was like, I'm really worried this thing is going to come out and it's going to flop hard. But so far, the people who are buying it seem to be giving it the good reviews, which could give it that long term success that it would need. You know, it just might be a slow burn to get there. But I was worried it would come out to a couple of rough reviews and that would be it for them. So I'm happy to see that it seems like it's at least succeeding on making people excited to play it. And then it launched at $20, I think. So when it goes on sale, maybe it'll reach that stride and reach a bunch of people. I thought it was really fun. I think it's really nice for people that have issues with motion sickness. Like they can play a game that's like, wow, I can't think of. Windlands. Windlands or to the top. So that's really nice for people because, because, and we talked about this in the, the mini episode is that there's no like top or bottom. And that's why you don't get motion sick. You kind of mentioned that it's like your brain isn't like, Oh no, now I'm sideways. Now I'm upside down. It's like, there's no, there's nothing to show you what's up and what's down. So your brain's like, Oh, this is fine. And so I think that's nice. I think people that have motion sickness issues will be excited to play this. I do think it's not necessarily like a super, like a ton of people will want to play it, but it's good for that kind of niche mm-hmm. audience. Yeah, if they can market it in that way that really tells people, hey, if you get sick in games, but you want a game that's going to thrill you and let you fly around the way you want to, this game might actually work for you and yeah. that might reach them. So 
I'm excited to see that that's getting the good reviews. I was I was a little nervous during that episode that like these guys are really nice and they've really put a lot of work into this and I'm yeah. so worried it's going to come out and just tank. So I was. What, what is the goal in it though? Like, what what is it? Time trials or there's, are there enemies you're fighting? There's time trials. There's leaderboards. There's challenging levels. It's it's almost like I feel like Windlands in that way that like you just kind of want to get to the end. Like of each mm-hmm. level, you want to accomplish it because it's not easy to fly through. So like for yeah, me, yeah. who's someone who doesn't really care about leaderboards, there was still like the, oh, can I do it element to mm-hmm. the game, which is interesting. But ultimately, I would got to the point in it where like I wanted more exciting visuals and more things. And there's there's planets and there. It's kind of cool in that way. But once you've played like Windlands is so beautiful until the top has so exotic that yeah. this game felt like it needed to come out before those games did to me what was that shooting game where you had the two guns and you were in like a big sphere thing oh i forget what that game was called but it was uh i remember that one had same kind of spider-man kind of hook shot thing and i remember them pitching mm. that they uh no one got motion sick playing it or whatever it was had like a cell shaded mm. style i forget what it was called i think it was like a year and a half ago it came out but it wasn't fracked that that was like a no no this is uh yeah i don't know it was it was a while ago but that that game i feel like if they took the art style from that game and did the gameplay of this game. It would do a lot better. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't know. I, I hate it, but I look at the trailer and I'm just like, ah, I don't want to play that. <laughs> yep. And that's a hard thing with all VR games. It sometimes can be hard to translate into the trailer what the game brings to the table. But yeah. there was also like some funny humor in it, like the narrator is yeah. kind of poking fun at you and stuff. And there was other other elements that brought more to the game. But we'll see where it goes from here. But it was nice to have the people from Dr. Block on the podcast. Yeah, they, they did get their trailer on IGN. So that's impressive. Yeah. On the official IGN YouTube channel, they had the trailer yeah. and the trailer was well done. They had like live action actors on it. You know, it was, yeah. it was a well produced trailer. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for I think sure. that first sale will kind of determine the future of it, because I think 20 bucks is a hard sell for a lot of people for a game that looks like it's simpler than it might actually play. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping there's a future for them. And speaking of the future, if you want to talk about VR's future with us, come join our Discord (laughs) server. We've got more Q&A questions that we can keep up with at the moment, but we're going to get caught up on them. We have have plans to keep getting these episodes out to you and get caught up. And you can always tell us what you want to see on future episodes, influence the direction of it. Uh, If you're listening, we're here for you. If you're on YouTube, we're also there for you. But remember, we're on both. You don't have to do just one or the other. Yeah, if you want to see me eating the black bean brownie, <laughs> head to the YouTube channel. <laughs> if you want to see what it looked like and decide for yourself whether it was good or not. Yeah, uh, but thank you again for coming out. And remember, if you've been thinking about VR for a while, it's finally time. PSVR 2 is almost here. Quest 3 is almost here. Dive on in. Dive on in. Dive on in.